Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's raising the vibration on the live Paranormal Radio Network. Please join us at LiveParanormal.com and all of our syndicated affiliates, including the amazing iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, the list goes on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles, and you can find me at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Raising the Vibration, the radio show, is an offshoot of a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity that I founded in 2016, after my mother's passing, to carry on her teachings, both spiritual and humane. And mom always believed that the world needed more peace, more love, more kindness, and more unity, and that the key to human evolution, to global vibration raising, was implementing more of these things. If you want to know more about the nonprofit, you can go to raisingthevibration.org to find it. Now, if peace, love, kindness, and unity are the cornerstone words of raising the vibration, the movement, then the cornerstone words of this radio show are ascension, involvement, inspiration, and love. So basically, what are you doing to raise your own vibration? How is that ascension leading to your overall spiritual evolvement? And then how are you taking those two things that you've amassed and using them to inspire others? And of course, lastly, but definitely not leastly, uh, how much love are you throwing into the world? Because love is all there is. So on the show today, Uh, Every day, every week, every Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time, I gather people that are a part of my spiritual world, my entertainment life, my nonprofit world, and we talk about passion and service. And basically, what are you doing to make the world a better place? Because, man, that's important. What are you doing to raise the vibration of the everything? What are you giving back? What, what your little cog in this giant wheel that is the universe, how are you playing into the overall big picture? Because we're all just doing our thing, right? But each of our things is so important because without each of our things, there wouldn't be an overall picture. There wouldn't be an overall universe. So every time somebody says, well, I'm not important, I'm just dot, 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 I always say, no, 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 that's that's not true. We're all important. Without every single one of us, the mechanism doesn't run the way that the mechanism should run. So today on the show, very interesting, last weekend, I had this very 
soul-renewing and life-affirming experience as a panelist and attending this wonderful um, LGBTQ plus women's empowerment conference called Clexicon. And I was on the um, PR media visibility panel along with my guest today who is making her debut on any of all of my shows. And it was just something about all these wonderful people coming to this conference to find ways to make more art, to bring out more creativity in themselves in order to give something to the world, not just as people in the queer community, not just as women, also as human beings, as spiritual beings on the earth, having this human experience. And it was so beautiful to see all those people there at once. It was my first big outing since COVID, where I was with that many people for that many days in one place. And it it made me really realize so many of the beautiful things about life that I think we took for granted before COVID and how exciting it is to have so many of those things back. And out of it, Uh, amongst this panel of people that I've worked with over and over and over again was a wonderful new person that I had never worked with, and I always love to meet wonderful new people. And today she's here on the show with me. She's the owner and CEO of Carrie Zane Enterprise, and she is an Emmy Award-winning executive producer and also so much to share about her give back and her service. Please welcome to Raising the Vibration for the very first time, the wonderful Carrie Zane is here. Hello, my friend. How are you? It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Sheena. Thank you for the introduction. And, and for- I love everything that you said. You know what? COVID was such a buzzkill. Yeah. I'm glad we're back to life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my heart hurt. Friends of the entertainment Splitting my time between the entertainment world and the spiritual world my spiritual world just exploded because everybody needed to talk, wanted to do something spiritual. People were on, uh, had all this free time to go on a quest, right? Go inside their heads, go inside their souls, figure out what was going on, get on their spiritual path. But f- for people who feed themselves spiritually by gathering with others to make creative projects, it was a difficult time. But I think we also saw what survivors we all are. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. But it was nice to be at an event where there were tons of people. Wasn't that nice? Yeah. And and what did you think of that crazy panel? Because it was kind of old home week for the rest of us. (laughs) Well, I was, I, I felt very lucky to be a part of it. And I think that everyone who was in attendance and, you know, got something good out of it. I agree. I agree. So, so tell us, because it's your first time on any of my shows, Carrie, a little bit about you. Um, when did you first sort of get the calling to move into the world of arts and entertainment? Mm. You know, <laughs> I think it's something that I wanted to do for a very long time. Because as a little girl, I watched Lost in Space and I wanted to be Penny. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, I literally, I was born in Massachusetts, and when my family said, hey, we're moving to California, and I said, not unless Boston Space is on TV there, 
and they were like, don't worry, kid, we got you covered. So, um, so I think that it was always something that I wanted to do. And, um, and now I've been at it for over 30 years and I work primarily in the reality documentary space. Um, although okay. I, I, Miami was for something that was scripted, but, um, yeah, reality was my home, has been my home. And how did, and how did that happen? Because obviously, as a Lost in Space fan, you came here <laughs> and got involved thinking you would get involved in a scripted show with actors, and, and that was what you loved, right? So how did you make the switch over to reality and documentary? Um, interesting question. I, so what happened, honestly, is I was working in, in a completely different field, actually PR. So, you know, that's, I think the panel resonated for me on that level. Um, sure. But I, I met my now former husband who had an entertainment advertising agency, and he really taught me the business. So I learned how to be a P. I started at the bottom. I was a PA. I was a production coordinator. I was a production manager. I was a producer. I was an executive producer. And because we did promos for television, we were embedded in the community and one of the first projects that we got was a children's was for NBC for children's programming and it just sort of segued into this reality series that we created that ultimately became a show called Name Your Adventure uh, where we made kids' dreams come true and Mario Lopez was the host of the show and we did three seasons and, and we won a lot of awards for it and that launched our uh, entertainment company was at the time it was called Big Daddy Productions and kind of been through a lot of iterations since then, but I was in it, you know, and, and then I, you know, that was reality uh, and just kind of stuck to that format for the most part. That being said, I did an animation series for CBS. And like I said, I did a, a, a scripted uh, school break also for CBS. So. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, school break, yeah. right? Kind of like uh, like when we were kids and it was after school specials. Correct, yeah. I think um, all of CBS us kind of got them. through life. Yeah. I think we got right. through life as kids living from after school special to after school special, didn't we? Yeah, they were fun. Like every month we preempted Oprah, <laughs> which was quite a thing <laughs> until they were like, no, no, no more. You're not doing that anymore. I think it was like the end of the 90s. They stopped doing those. But I think, you know, I think, and yeah. I know you can relate to this, One of whether you're doing a documentary or a drama or a comedy or, um, you know, reality, it's all telling stories and it's all about yes. humans and human interaction. And I think we're all mm-hmm. compelled to sort of see how everyone's life evolves and unfolds and how people interact and, uh, reality yep. is just a, a dip into that as well. I agree. I agree. And even talking about, you know, the after-school specials and the school breaks, when when I was a kid, and, and I won't be the same age, but when I was lost in space, kind of tipped me off. When I was a kid, um, <laughs> there wasn't the, the Internet, so there wasn't the amount of issue answers that kids have now. Kids have an answer now mm-hmm. about something that's that's a that's a topic that, that they're dealing with in their life, right? Suicide, anorexia, bullying, and they go to the internet and they find all the answers, and they go to YouTube and they find all the videos. When I was a kid, 
we learned about issues through preschool specials and later through school breaks. And that's how kids learned about these kind of hot-button topics, adoption and different things for kids. Right. Kids, I think, now don't realize how lucky they are that they have an entire library in their pocket. And there are other kids. Stuff. But that's the um, even adult television, nighttime television became very issue-oriented, right? So for the first time, adults were learning about things they didn't know about through television. And that's something like art informs the world through watching art. Um, through watching entertainment, whether it's now reality documentary-based or it's scripted narrative-based. Still, that's how you learn about what's going on in the world. And sometimes it's an easier lesson to get it through your TV or through your iPad than it is to go learn it in real life. Does that Surely. Um... Yes. Don't want to. There's certainly some mistakes that we dramatize that you don't want to make in real life. Um, but I, you know, I think kind of getting right. Um, getting back to to the event where you and I met, it was interesting to hear some of the challenges that some of the people in attendance had in in kind of highlighting their stories, which is interesting to me because I think those are the stories that do need to be highlighted. And I feel so fortunate to work in reality TV because I can really focus on and develop those kinds of, you know, like dig into those worlds and, and find those stories and get the good juicy stuff. Um, and I love that. And, and, and I think my career has evolved to a point now where that's primarily what I do is develop new content um, and what's most interesting to me in that is finding those great stories and helping people elevate and highlight what they do, how they do it. Um, I think everyone is a great story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's wonderful. What, what are some things in the world, I don't know if you can talk about this because I know you're always putting together ideas, but what are things for, for shows, but what are things in the world that are sort of interesting to you right now? What are stories that you think um, that you're happy are being told through reality television, and, and what are some things you hope we tell more of? <laughs> um, well, what's interesting is uh, I think that there's just been this explosion of true crime. It is it's very yes. appealing. Um, people love it. And I... I sort of like go back again, like back to my childhood playing clue and how much fun that was, sure. you know, to figure out, yes, yeah. he killed her with the hatchet in the kitchen, you know, with the butcher and, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that we all sort of play that game as we watch these stories unfold. And there's also this piece of us that goes, thank God it wasn't me. Right. Um, and interestingly right. enough, uh, most of the people who true crime are women, <laughs> predominantly women. Yes. So, yeah, um, I think that those yeah. are interesting, and I never get tired of hearing those stories. But I also think I love relationships. I think we all do. We're humans are 
we're connectors. We, we like being in relationship. And so I find relationship TV shows very appealing. I think that people who have perspectives like relationship coaches and PhDs and those, those in the helping services who want to inform and instruct people on better ways to interact with other humans are always very interesting. And I think in those shows, even as extreme as they can be, we all get something out of them, you know, like even the circle or uh, love and I think love in the dark or blind, love is blind. I mean, there's a, there's a million iterations of these challenge relationship shows, but we all kind of get something interesting out of them. Yeah, I agree. What do you think that we're um, learning about ourselves as people in relationship with others from these shows? You know, there's certain things where you can look at something and go, wow, you know, like he shouldn't have done that or she shouldn't have said that or, wow, is that, you know, I don't want to be like that person or, you know, maybe I could do that. You know, wow, that was an interesting interaction. I think we can sort of like field and focus ourselves. Uh, to be better interrelation if that's a word. If not, I just made it up and I really yeah. like it, if I could say that's it. Okay. That's all right. You're <laughs> yeah. you can do that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I also so. think we're learning a lot from watching shows. I think The Circle is a really good example. Um, we're, it's we're watching very interesting. How, right? How human beings oftentimes self-sabotage themselves. We see it in these shows where people have to sort of make alliances with friends. Uh, people are very, uh, many people are very distrusting of each other, and that mm-hmm. distrust means distrusting of themselves, right? Not trusting their own decisions and actions, and that leads mm-hmm. to a lot of a lot of self-sabotage. And I think when you think there's something at stake at the end, right? Money or whatever the end game is in a reality show um, like that. You, you, you're really putting the pressure on you, and that's when you realize you don't trust your decisions, you don't trust your actions, and you definitely don't trust others. And I think it's a, an interesting thing to be brought to light. It's interesting to watch that with young people, as I have, because they automatically know all that. They grew up with that. Well, you know, don't trust that person. Oh, don't trust her. Well, that was probably the whole right. or whatever. You know what I mean? But, but yeah. I grew up in a much different way where, you know, TV when I was young much more represented trusting people than it did. And I think that's why a lot of times you see uh, Gen Xers like myself and baby boomers, um, the older generation from me, um, really – loving and wanting to go back into the world of these shows like the Brady Bunch and Little House on the Prairie where the so much that was built around the idealistic happy family everybody loved each other by 58 minutes in and or or, or 24 minutes in or whatever and you see people sometimes almost kind of obsessed with that time when life wasn't really what then right Life's always been like it is now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it was, I, I, I was, I was watching, uh, I'm sorry. 
in, in the, I know, I'm sorry, it's, and it's very hard, like you're cutting in and out, so I'm only getting certain things that you're saying. I apologize. No, that's no problem. Probably, probably an internet thing. <laughs> exactly, something to the ethers. But anyway, I was, so if you can hear me, I was, I, can. I, I was watching in, okay, good. <laughs> I was watching Indian Matchmaking, which I think is a very interesting show, because it's a little bit, it's a little bit old school, right? You know, with a traditional matchmaker and, you know, they've made it contemporized with the, the people that she's matching. But I, I, when you talk about the things that we learn and we get from TV, I, so I have a, a girlfriend who has been on a hunt for many, many years. Uh, and it's so hard for her because she can't seem to find the right one. And she doesn't see that she's picky, but she is, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and she's, she said to the other day, she said, I met this really nice guy and I kind of just wish I felt like I wanted to kiss him. And I was like, do you have a million, cause he's beautiful. And I'm like, you have a million guys chasing after you. Like maybe there's some compromises that need to be made. But I, when I was watching the show, there was a girl saying, I'm not going to compromise that, you know, I need to, I just need to have that physical attraction. And she was frustrated and the matchmaker couldn't find anybody for her and then I guess a couple months later her sister fixed her up with somebody who was darling and she's like I found it I did it and I was like okay so the lesson for me is you just got to hold out and be patient hopefully my friend can be patient but I'm not going to try and say well maybe you know you can you know maybe you like give and take a little bit here and there um so yeah right right yes yeah but do, and do you think people learn when they watch shows like that, specifically about I don't romantic know. love, right? Or do you I, think I, they just I, they just watch the show and then they feel the same way? Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, it would be interesting. We'd have to do a research study afterwards. Maybe that's something you and I can do, Sheena. But um, I yeah, I, I would be. I think it would be really helpful for people to see themselves in these other people because there's also characters who are very. I'm, you know, they're very uncompromising and they're very unflexible and you kind of go, that girl is annoying. And I have friends like that too. And I'm like, if you could see yourself in this person and acknowledge it, maybe you would change it. But I don't know. I don't know if that happens. And, and as a TV right. watcher, you're, you're just compelled to watch it because you're like, wow, she's, you know, you can sit back and go, glad I'm not her. You know, this is really fun to watch. So... Yeah. Con with a friend who is a, a live entertainment. But they have this criteria, you know, in twenty five model and have a million dollars, and you know, here you are, um, you know, and just make enough to pay the bill but you're not going to settle for anybody that isn't this ideal person that you've imagined in your head. And she was saying it's so frustrating to me. I've been working with people for so long, Carrie, that it, I don't get frustrated by it anymore, but she's sort of new in this world. She said, I get so frustrated mm. because every week they come to my events and they tell me I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. And I say, well, what about this person? What about that? What about this? No, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. Yes. For a very long time, I spent my um, early 30s to almost 40 working on uh, what was in Los Angeles. I sort of modeled after that. It was a lot of relationship talk. 
and you know, we would some more about relationships, and so many of them were just that, right? Why can't I meet the perfect girl? But the perfect girl to me is this, and then you know, this other girl thinks I can meet her, but she doesn't. Look like a model. Well, you know, okay. So I think we see this in a lot of these reality shows about relationships too, right? Where people have this idea of perfection, they will accept nothing but perfection. And I always laugh that after you've been in a relationship for like a year and some, it all comes about like pick your underwear off the floor and who's paying the gas bill. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's it's real. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm not hearing. I'm hearing almost nothing that you're saying. So strange. I'm going to try something. Okay. Okay. Is that better? Let's let's try it. Keep talking. How is that? I'm talking now. How is that? Okay, good. That's better. Um, I'm fascinated by the obsession with true crime as well and amazed that when I'm in my car uh, on the radio, there are commercial after commercial after commercial for true crime broadcasts. I think that's fascinating. Yes, it is. And there's there's no lack of true crime. (laughs) Unfortunately, um, there's, it just, exploding yeah and there's and it's it's kind of sad right that there are so many crimes that have not yet been talked about i mean are we ever going to run out of crimes it's it's really making me realize how much crime which i think is a little bit scary it's a lot scary not a little scary it's a lot scary but yeah it keeps us busy Are you? Is that something that you do as a as a content developer? That you have done some shows or developed some shows about in the true crime world? Yes, I think that everyone, because all the networks are, you know, constantly on the hunt for a good crime story. All any good producer is also looking for a good story that they can sell, and you know, and there's so much that's been done. About about these crimes, so you know, it's amazing how we are now chasing them down. I I joke because I have so many friends now who are law enforcement, but also criminals. I know a lot of criminals, and I and and the funny thing is, I do consider them friends. It's it's a mm. little counterintuitive, you know, but uh, yeah. I, and then when I tell people, they're like, aren't you afraid? And I'm like, this, these people are not after. I mean, they're, you know, like gang members, MS-13, mafia right. people. And and they're like, aren't you right. afraid? I'm like, no. They, I mean, I think, honestly, they're, they would protect me with their lives. <laughs> yeah. Maybe more yeah. so than some of my entertainment friends. Um, but <laughs> Probably definitely. Yeah. It's. 
So it's very, and it is interesting when you think about what they do and how and how they think. I people are also very fascinated by serial killers and you know how their minds work. Um, yes. As am I. It's fascinating. Just, you know, what are the things that click for them and what are the things that don't and what are the things that they find acceptable and how they rationalize their behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they do, right? I mean, they really, they do believe there's a reason why it's all okay. And, and I guess that's the definition of sociopath, right? Is that there's a, there's a reason why yes. it's all okay, but yes. yeah, most definitely, it's fascinating, and yes. it's, it's also fascinating. I remember once I was um, I was with some friends that were going to a drum circle in Venice Beach, and for whatever reason, I had to make phone calls, so I wasn't out in the sand in the drum circle. I was sitting on the boardwalk, and this guy came and sat down next to me, and he had this this giant like a Kaiser blade, like a sling blade, stuck in a in a pocket of his cargo pants. And he put his finger up against his ear. He looked right at me, put his finger up against his ear, like he had a Bluetooth in, and he said, yeah, I think I found the dragon. Whoa. And I thought, okay, I don't know what's about to go down here, but it doesn't feel like it's good. So I just right. sort of acted like somebody on the phone needed me to do something, and I literally walked to the car, locked the door, um, called a friend, texted my friends and said, I'm in the car. When you're done, come get me. But any situation like that, right, you're sitting out in the middle of a bunch of people and somebody sits down next to you, we don't know what's going on inside of somebody else that we pass on the street or sit next to in a movie theater. And any of those people could have a body in their freezer. I mean, not that most of them do, <laughs> but you just don't know. And I think that's the thing about serial killers, right, is, they seem so normal, right? Bundy was the boy next door, and Charlie Manson was this unsigned musician who was just trying to help out people and have a family, and, and uh, Gacy was a clown at kids' parties. <laughs> like, you just never know. And I think that, that fascinates us. I think people are very interested, human beings, in discovering their shadow side and wanting to know. I know even with my clients and my psychic practice, a lot of them ask me questions when we do sessions about what kind of darkness is acceptable and what isn't. Like, are you allowed to have a dark side? Are you allowed to think about and explore the darkness within yourself? What does that mean? And I think we're just fascinated with it. Indeed. Indeed. And as am I. So I I fall right into that category. So like anybody when people say, oh, what are you looking for? What are you developing? And, and my answer is, look, look, if you know any good murders, it sounds strange, please send them my way. So I'm putting that to you and your community. You know any good murders, send them my way. Yeah. Send uh, good, yeah. good, anyway, like, yeah, good, good murders to Carrie. Yeah, please send good murders to me, um, CarrieZane.com. I have, I have a place there where you can, you can write me and say, here's my idea. And it doesn't matter. You can do relationship ideas too. We all like it's like love and murder. Why not? Right. Um, right. Well, it's but I, you very know, old it's, testament. I, I mean, all kinds of yeah, all kinds of crime is interesting. I also have done developed some stuff in the fraud space, and I find those people and their mindsets 
just as interesting. Um, yeah. Scammers, people who uh, Ponzi schemes, and the way that they rationalize what they did and are able to, uh, what do you call it? We, you know, when you project it onto somebody else, well, it wasn't my fault. It was like this person that I was doing business with and I needed to please them and they wanted more money. So I had to steal it from the other people because, you know, this person really wanted me to help them make the money. And I was like, there wasn't, so what part, there was there never a part where you went, wow, what I'm doing is wrong. Like I'm hurting some other people. It's it's funny how they just they just delete or erase that part, and 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 how their their pocketbook means just as much as whoever they think they're pleasing. So, I, criminal criminality is it's a very interesting mindset and field. I guess that's why it's so appealing to audiences. You like sit there and you're like trying to figure yeah. out the how and the why behind what what just happened. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think also the that balance of good and evil, right, that we've been asking questions about since the first uh, caveman crawled out of a cave, right? I think that I work in the um, narcissist abuse support community for folks that have been, oh. literally their lives have been torn apart by narcissists spiritually, emotionally, physiologically sometimes. Um, and it's fascinating to me. Um, in working with that, and in also, honestly, working with clients, I have clients that I know are narcissists, and I don't know that they know, and even if you told them, they wouldn't care, but right. it's fascinating to me the, the, why there are so many people in the world that feel so accountable for themselves, others, the world, protecting children and animals, and, and then there's a whole other part of the population that feels absolutely no accountability for anything. Right. And it's, it's yeah. and then I guess there's a lot of people who are go back and forth between those two. But there's it's almost yeah. is like a split between between good and evil in a lot of ways. And it's and so many people that take the accountability are sort of taking it for even for the ones that don't because somebody's got to pick up their share as well. And I think that's also right. something that we've seen a lot of and learned a lot of watching shows like The Circle and Survivor and Big Brother is is that there are some people that just have a complete lack of accountability. And I think criminals, right, it's got to be the same thing. It's people who, who do large-scale fraud and uh, people who, you know, con old widows out of every last dime and, um, right. you know, every kind of crime you can imagine there's just a general lack of accountability of this is just not what you do because we all kind of have to just take our own part out and not take more out of the world than we're putting in that was something my mom was very uh drowned mm-hmm. into me as a as a child was don't don't take more out of the world than you plan to put in i like that that's a good that's a good philosophy but I also think, you know, just sort of like complete shift. Um, there's there's many shows that I think are are very fun and, and upbeat. So we're not talking about murder, but, you know, these crazy families, sure. you know, like those are fun yeah. and alternative yeah. lifestyles are fun. And, and it kind of gets back to what we were talking about when we were at the event is highlighting that there are there are many other ways to live and be happy and and find love and and I think those are just as worthy 
stories for us to to put on the air as well. You know, you you kind of look at something like Sister Wives. You know that that was it's been on for quite a while, but it was like wow, okay, and but we've come to accept that, right? It, it's been on 17 seasons. <laughs> so wow, you know, what are the other things? Do you did you watch Transparent? Did you see Transparent? Absolutely, sure, yes, beautifully loved, done. love, love, love. Would love like, where is the real Transparent? Where are those? Where are those real people? Like, I want to find that that. I want to do, do that show because it's, it's yeah, not, I don't you know, think those are interesting dynamics, really fun, yeah. very, uh, but there's like, there's a lot of um, emotion around it, you know, and conflict and confusion and question. And, and in, I think the difference between scripted and reality is reality. To, I mean, to the most part, I mean, I'm a producer, so I know that some of it, we, we, push the envelope and we sort of create the scenarios, but there's still reality behind it. Those people are still using their own words. They're, they're feeling their own feelings. And, um, and those are things that I would like. Those are also the kinds of stories that I personally would like to bring forward. There's, um, there's a family that I'm working with right now and I don't want to give too much away because it is in development, but it's um, sure. a, a family that's polyamorous. And um, okay. and I think that that is such when I I remember the first time I met them and like literally they had to give me a roadmap of their relationship. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. amazing and it's cool and I those are so worthy. Like let's have an understanding of how they make it because it's complex. The relationships are complex. Yeah, and how everybody kind of puts their own spin on what works for their life, which I think is great. If it works for you and it's working for your life, then fantastic. But it, it fascinates me. I'm, I'm a bisexual person, but I'm a, I'm a one-on-one person. So it could be any, it could be any gender from relationship to relationship, but I only do one at a time. But I have a lot of friends who are bisexual and in relationships and in marriages and the rule is you can only have one of my kind, but you can have as many of the other gender as you want. So if you're married wow. to a man and no more, no men, but you can have 35 girlfriends. Or sometimes you have 35 girlfriends and he has 35 boyfriends. And I think that's really fantastic. That's what you want. I sort of think one boyfriend, one girlfriend enough is enough to handle. But, um, but you know, for some folks, it's... Um, you know, I grew up, like I said, on the Howard Stern station, so I had tons of friends who were strippers and that were porn stars, and there's all different kinds of, um, that were dominatrix, all different kinds of rules in there for what's yeah. okay and yeah. what's not okay. You know, yeah. I think porn stars are a great example, right? We're monogamous, but we also have sex with people, but it's work. Um, okay. Right, and I, I right. I which is a weird mindset for your partner to wrap their head around. But I guess there are people who do. But I want to, like, like, let's circle back here for a second to your friends. Because that kind of feels like a bonus to me. It's like I'm going to be in a monogamous relationship with a girl, but I get to have 35 guys? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, whatever works. I don't want 35 you know I mean? of them all at one time, though. <laughs> like, one at a time. <laughs> maybe, one at maybe a time. five at once. 
Um, yeah, I don't I know. It's, it's, it's some people have an ability to compartmentalize like that. I do not. Yeah. But I don't judge people who do because we all come a different way, right? And whatever whatever works for you works for you. And, and I think it's nice now that we, as a society, are opening our hearts and minds to folks who do live alternate lifestyles. And also yeah. now what's really helped with that is people seeing it on TV, right? I mean, how many people yeah. saw their story in Transparent, Carrie? It's a, it's a great example. Saw their story in Transparent and maybe called their dad they hadn't talked to in 10 years who became their mom and and made amends. Right. Yep. I think those would be fun stories to tell. But I also think that this, this, this is interesting. So my daughter, my older daughter, was in a, uh, what do you call it, um, openly non-monogamous relationship, okay. uh, consensual okay. non-monogamous relationship. And it was, okay. it was as her mother, it was interesting because I think emotionally it's so hard. Yeah, at the same time, so they were con- consensual. I have so many friends who believed that they were in monogamous relationships and their husbands were, che- were cheating. So is it better yeah. to know up front? Yeah. Or is it better yeah. to, like, know, don't, don't see, don't say? No, I think it's much better to know up front. Um, hopefully, one of the things that is happening as society is becoming more accepting is that people are allowed to talk about what they need. The person who either needs the same thing or accepts the same thing. I mean, look how many, I mean, this is a really cryptic thing to say, but look how many women contracted HIV because they didn't know their husbands were gay. Um, wouldn't it yeah. be easier if, uh, if they just would have known. I mean, I had a friend who uh, was older than me, married to a guy um, who clearly was gay, but never said that he was gay, but everybody knew he was gay, and we knew people that had dated him. And she said to me once, why didn't you just tell me the truth? We could have just stayed married and been friends. Okay. Yeah. And when I was growing up, I had neighbors who lived a couple of doors down, and they had been in a relationship, um, a sexual relationship in college, and then they broke up because he was gay. And maybe 20 years later, they met at a party, and they wound up getting married. So he had his boyfriends, and she had her boyfriends. But they were best friends. They stayed married forever. They did everything together. And that kind of beautiful companionship, there's a lot of people who would love to have someone to always be with them. And What's the most important thing? People just live a life that makes them happy. Right. You know, so important not to say. And, I, you know, I have trans friends who have transitioned from male to female. And they're yes. Them. They've gone from a heterosexual relationship to a lesbian relationship with this person and Sorry, you're cutting in and out again. I don't hear you at all. I don't, I don't have any idea why. You can't hear me at all? No, barely. There must be something with the I had hoped it was my headphones and I had taken them out, but now I'm holding oh. the phone with no headphones. So 
it has oh. to it has to actually be the connection and not something on my end. I I hoped I had corrected it. Um, oh okay. Well, I hope you're going to edit this because I apologize. I can't like I'm trying to be communicate, but it's like I'm only hearing like little bits of what you're saying, so it's really hard to contribute. You're doing just fine. I apologize. Something must be going on with our system the last couple days because this kind of stuff never Mm. happens. So I I owe you another one when this isn't happening. Tell me uh, really quick before I let you go. um, You said people could send ideas to you. What are you looking for? I'm sure that excites people. I'm sorry. Say that again. I said you said that people could could contact you. Where can people contact you? And maybe some criminals want to email you. Yes, any criminals that want to email me should visit my website and reach out anyone actually who has an idea, a thought, of they know of something or, you know, crazy family or you know, some some story that happened in their community that they think needs to be highlighted. Um, my website is my name. It's K-E-R-R-I-Z, like zebra, A-N-E, dot com. And there's a place there where you can either reach out and contact me or you can submit an idea. Maybe somebody has had an idea that they've been noodling around for a long time and they're like, you know what, we're ready. Let's just go out and see if it's, if there's some meat to it. I, I'm open and ready to hear any and all thoughts and ideas. I love that. I love that. Before I let you go, while we're talking about reality TV, what has your experience been in the psychic and paranormal community? Because that makes up a huge part of reality TV now, right? It sure does. It sure does. Um, And there's something that I'm working on right now that I can't talk too much about, but it is in the um, UFO space, which is also huge. And there's definitely networks that cater to those paranormal uh, alien kind of there's there's just a universe of people who are fascinated by it and love to tell those stories because we all question you know we're not the only one you know is it is there another were we seeded by other planets you know or is it somebody in the future who you know are aliens and you know just us in the future you know I have some of I've read books like that, and and they're all so worthy of exploring. I also I don't know if I told you I might have told you this, but I was very good friends with Peter James for uh, the last yes. few years of his life, and worked on a project with him at the Queen Mary, a tour that they that they do at the Queen Mary, and it was fascinating. They you know the 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 aliens they might have liked him too. But the ghosts really, they yeah, really, sure. they loved him. They showed up for him whenever yeah. he showed up for them. And I got to experience that real time. It was quite incredible. He was. He seemed like he was such a kind soul. I'm so sorry I never got to interview him. I think I told you that. One of the great losses of my radio career was that I never got to interview him. I got my interview yeah. talk show just a little too late. But so many people uh, that I know that knew him, have told such wonderful stories about what a spirit responded to him carrying the same way that humans did. He, he, yeah. he they matched his kind. And uh, I've, I've never been a fan of the paranormal shows where they go in and scream at the ghosts and antagonize them and insult them. It's, that's not where I come from as a medium at all. And um, I love the way that he did it. I think, inadvertently he was sort of one of my teachers watching him on TV and and my mother was also a psychic medium and she loved him 
So um, yeah. I, I think that's so wonderful that you did that and that you're open to producing shows in that genre too, because man, there's so many people out there that need their stories told. Yeah. I love it. Bring it on. That's fantastic. You're yeah. awesome, my friend. Will you come back and do this with me again when they're not technical problems? When you, when you have some free yeah. time? Yes, definitely. I, I, I really appreciate you. Thank you, and I you, my friend, and, and I hope to uh, I hope to talk to you soon, and we'll we'll do some more fun stuff, and I'll have you on some more shows. Uh, everybody, the wonderful good, Carrie Dane, it's really great to have. My pleasure, my friend. So wonderful to have you here, uh, despite technical difficulties today. If you missed any of those links, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Uh, also, I'm on social media everywhere at Sheena Metal, and I will be live at 4 o'clock today doing readings on the air, giving spiritual advice, telling paranormal stories at Facebook.com slash Sheena Metal. Uh, wonderful to be a part of a live paranormal family. Be here every Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time doing this show and Wednesdays at 5 o'clock doing my Haunted Playground show. Um, if you want more information on Raising the Vibration and the Nonprofit, you can find it at raisingthevibration.org. Until I see you next week, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration, and remember that you are love and you are loved. I'm Sheena Madeline. I'll see you next time. Take care of you. With the Lucky Land Slot, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>